Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff. And they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered. And that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 28th of September. Good to have you aboard. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network, and everything Zaslow Show 2.0 is always presented by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. If you've been involved in any kind of an accident, slip and fall, hit and run, motorcycle, boating... If you're, if you're hurt, if you're injured, you call 911 first, then you get Anna, Jar, and Levine on the phone immediately. No one's going to take better care of you. All right? Mark Anajar, Ellie Anajar, Glenn Levine, they treated me like family when we started Zaslow Show 2.0, and they're going to get you the money that you deserve. Anna, Jar, and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. All right, we, we got it. This is one of those days. So... We're, we're not happy. You all listening are not happy. I feel really stupid. I mean, I, I got to be the first person to raise my hand. I was convinced this whole time. I was convinced in the beginning 
Then there was a little bit of a lull. And then I was super convinced that the Miami Heat were going to land Damian Lillard. And I got to be the first one to raise my hand here. I feel stupid. I look stupid. And not the usual kind of look stupid. Like, I look stupid because I was dead set that this thing was happening. So, we're going to do a ton of the show today on that, obviously. Our pal Israel Gutierrez, ESPN. I think he was at the Inter-Miami match last night. So, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that with him. But we're going to get Israel and we're going to get to the bottom of what the hell happened here. How did the Heat not wind up with Damian Lillard? Today is Thursday. That means we do fantasy football. The NFL tonight. Packers, Lions. So we got to make sure... No, actually, I don't think it's Packers and Lions. I think I'm wrong about that. It is Packers and... Yeah, Packers and Lions. Wow. All right. I was right. We're going to get Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports fantasy football expert on with us. He's going to help us all set our fantasy football lineups for the weekend. And of course, football's back. So everybody knows, Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info. They have all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, the spreads, the totals from all your NFL, all your college football games. It's at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates, stats, news, odds. You All the way through the college football playoff, all the way through the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions, contests available anywhere online. Head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use the code, use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's also Thursday, which means we have our mailbag, all right? I got a few questions here. We do mailbag. We answer any questions you got every Thursday, but... Let's get right to it. Let's get to the crux of it. Damian Lillard yesterday. So here's here's how I experienced it. All right. I'm in the car dealership yesterday. I, I'm, I got a new car yesterday. I'm there. I'm getting a new car. I'm sitting down with my guy, Pierre. He's my car guy. We're in his office. We're shooting the shit. We're going over some paperwork. We're just chilling. And all of a sudden, we hear people on the showroom floor Damian Lillard, Milwaukee. And we're like within earshot, like, what? And so we both (coughs) go to check our phone. Now, like five minutes before that was when I sat down. He goes, hey, so what's the deal with Dame? Are we getting Dame? I'm like, yeah, it's coming. Don't worry, we're getting him. Five minutes later, Damian Lillard traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. So I look like an asshole in front of him. I look like an asshole to everybody. Especially this week, these last couple days, Monday we were off because of Yom Kippur, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm over here in front of the Mike Zaslow Show 2.0 in the Zaslow Mansion bedroom, master bedroom, right where all the magic happens there, and I'm telling you how the Heat are definitely getting Damian Lillard, and I look so stupid. So, we see the news there, and it's like, like I was stunned, and of course, you know, Wojnarowski breaks the story, and we knew that was going to be the case. See, that's how this, and we'll talk to Israel about this kind of stuff. That's how this behind-the-scenes stuff works with the reporters. Wojnarowski is a mouthpiece this whole time for the Portland Trailblazers, and the reason he's the mouthpiece for the Portland Trailblazers the whole time, trying to say how Miami's a shitty deal, how they're not going to deal with Miami, hopefully it gets other teams involved, and the plan worked. Like, it worked for the Blazers. But 
The Blazers use Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski is okay with being on the take because when the trade does happen, he gets the scoop. If you just, look, Woj, go out there, you tell everybody all the things we want you to tell. And then, whether it's true or not, when the trade happens, you have it first. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. So Wojnarowski breaks the story. And then, then, so then you see, and by the way, nobody knows anything. The Raptors over here. Uh, you, you know, you have, uh, who else was one of the teams? Uh, like, was the Bulls mentioned too? But the Raptors. And then uh, yesterday morning, more and more Kavits around the league. It's, it, it is the Heat. And then a team that really wasn't talked about that much, a little bit, but wasn't talked about that much, Milwaukee. Nobody knows anything. The only people who know are the Portland Trailblazers. They're the only team who knows what they're thinking and what they're going to do. All these other reporters, it's all bullshit. It's bullshit. And look, I'm not a reporter. I was wrong, but I'm not out here trying to break news. I'm not out here, you know, sources said this, sources said that. None of these other publications, none of these reporters, they don't know shit. They're always wrong. They're always wrong. So, I look stupid for sure. But the Heat did nothing wrong. I know a lot of people, well, Heat fans, are mad at the Heat. But throughout the process, like, Blazer fans, Blazer media, all kinds of people, like, they're mad at the Heat. What did the Heat do wrong? What did the Heat do in this situation? They didn't tamper with anyone. They didn't come out and try and force a trade. A player wants to play for Miami. The Heat made an offer. Take it or leave it. And guess what? They decided to leave it. We'll get to that part in a second because it obviously backfired for Miami. But a player wants to come to the Heat. The Heat made an offer. Maybe you didn't like that offer. Maybe the media didn't like that offer. Maybe the fans didn't like that offer. Take it or leave it. They chose to leave it. What did the Heat do wrong? Nothing. The Heat place a value on players. Whether it's who they're going to trade for, whether it's who they want to sign, even when it's keeping their own players. The Heat place a value on the player. And if the player is asking for more, more money, or if the team that they're trying to trade with is asking for too much, the Heat are never going to be bullied. They're never going to be pressured into making a deal that they don't feel comfortable. It happens with their own guys too. Jay Crowder wanted to stay after the 2020 season. The Heat valued him at a certain number. He left. P.J. Tucker wanted to stay last year. The Heat valued him at a certain number. He left. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, they wanted to stay. The Heat valued them at a certain number. If you can get more elsewhere, you gotta go take it. The Heat are never going to be pressured or bullied into giving a player more money or giving a team more than they are willing to give up. Now, I do think that they've kind of learned their lesson over the years because there have been times where in order to keep their own players, they've overpaid. They're not doing that anymore. There have probably been times as well in trade where they may have overpaid. Now, not often. I mean, what trades would you feel that they overpaid? (laughs) You probably got to go back a long time ago. But the point is, the Heat are never going to be pressured or bullied into overvaluing the player they are trying to acquire. 
They are never going to give you more than they are comfortable with. And that's exactly what happened. Well, it's not exactly what happened here. It's a part of what happened here. Ultimately, the Heat lost. Like, they come out losers in this scenario. Lillard, there's no other way to spin that. Lillard wanted the Heat. The Heat wanted Lillard. Now, I think the main reason that the Heat came out losers and it didn't work was because the Blazers were being huge assholes and wanted anywhere but Miami, anything but Miami. But when star player says, I want Miami and only Miami, when Miami wants the star player and they can't make that happen, whatever the other extracurricular activity is, the Heat come out a loser in this spot. Now, I I don't think it's their fault. I don't think it's their fault at all. I think the circumstances were clearly beyond their control because, again, Portland were behaving like assholes and had no interest in working with the Heat. But overall, this is a disappointment, and the Heat come out like, like the Heat lost here. They lost. And they were and they were proven wrong. See, that's another big thing, right? So the Heat's whole MO here was this is our offer. See if you could find something better. The Heat, we don't, we're not going to bid against ourselves. The Heat were proven wrong. Not that the Bucks deal was better. The Heat said, this is our offer. Go find another deal. Go find something better. You want more? We're not giving you more. We don't think that you're going to find a better offer. A, we don't think you're going to find a better offer. B, we don't think there are going to be any other offers out there because the player said he refuses to go anywhere else. The Heat were proven wrong. Not that the Bucks deal was better. Not that the Blazers did find a better deal. Because the Bucks deal is not better. There is no scenario where, like, let's just say the starting point was Tyler Hero and two first-round picks. 28 and 30. 2028 and 2030. Tyler Hero and those two picks. Which, look, I do believe it would have got to a place where if the Blazers actually came back to the Heat and said, this is what we have on the table, can you match it? I do think the Heat would have thrown in something extra. Maybe it's Caleb Martin. Maybe it's Jovic. Maybe it's Jovic and Hawkes Jr. I don't know. But just the starting point of Tyler Hero and two first-round picks, you cannot tell me that's not a better deal than Drew Holiday and one first-round pick in 2030 or 2029, whichever one it is. Bullshit. Okay, they didn't want Tyler Hero. They don't want Drew Holiday either. They're going to trade him as well. Oh, but they also got DeAndre Ayton. That part of the deal was never going to be adjusted. Phoenix is in the deal because they want to take Nurkic off of Port- Portland. wants to get rid of Nurkic. Phoenix wants Nurkic because Vogel wants a defensive-minded center, and they can't wait to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. Miami is in that deal with Portland, and Portland is still getting DeAndre Ayton. That part is still happening. That's why we're only talking about Drew Holiday and one first-round pick. Forget about the pick swaps. Those never come to fruition. You want to talk about, like, like phony baloney picks. Pick swaps in 2028 and 2030. They got the first-round pick from Milwaukee in 2029. Everyone wants to talk, oh, the picks from Miami are going to be bad. Well, first of all, any championship contending team that you make a trade with, the picks are going to be bad. But with the Heat, at least, by 2028... Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard, they're going to be long gone by then. Those might be great picks. Giannis, he's still going to be playing for the Bucs in 2029 when, the, when Portland gets that pick. 
and, and, and the pick swaps in 28 and 30. Milwaukee is still going to have late first round picks. You're never even going to be able to swap them. Those deals, those pick swaps are never going to convey because your pick's going to be better than their pick at the time. So that's all bullshit. The Blazers, and, and by the way, Drew Holiday, again, Drew Holiday, free agent after this year. They're not going to keep him. Drew Holiday, 33 years old, free agent after this year. Tyler Hero, 23 years old, has been a big performer in the finals in his rookie year. Sixth man of the year, trending toward being an all-star, under contract for five more years. At a number that is going to look awesome when this new TV deal kicks in. And you think that Drew Holiday and one first-round pick is better than Hero and at least two first-round picks? Get the fuck out of here. Get it. This was about Joe Cronin making a deal that was anything but Miami. It came down to, I don't care if we take less. Miami doesn't exist. Let's get the best deal out there. And that's exactly what happened. And there is nothing the Heat can do about that. So for everyone who's mad at Pat Riley, you're an ingrate. Any Heat fans who are angry at the Heat for not being able to close this deal, you can't just turn off computer assistance on NBA 2K and make whatever deal you want. You're mad at Pat Riley over this? You're an ingrate. I I mean, look, I'm aggravated with the whole situation. But am I mad at Riley? Oh, please. So, the Heat were proven wrong. Not that the Bucs deal was better, because it wasn't. Because the Heat did not believe anyone else was going to make an offer comparable. Now, is the offer Milwaukee made comparable? Yes. It's not better, it's comparable. The Heat did not believe, A, anyone else was going to make an offer, because Lillard only wants Miami, and B, if they do, it's not going to be comparable. They were wrong about that. So, whether or not Milwaukee thought the deal was actually better, or just wanted to be presented with a deal that wasn't Miami, the Heat had a position. Bucks called their bluff. The Heat said, this is our deal, take it or leave it. Or, this is our deal, we don't think you could come up with anything better, we're not going to bid against ourselves. The Bucks called the Heat's bluff, and the Heat lost out. And, and it wasn't a bluff. It, it wasn't a bluff by the Heat. It's just the Bucks pulled their card, and they're like, we're going to find another deal. And they did find another deal. They didn't find a better deal, but they refused to work with Miami. They didn't like that Lillard only one in Miami. It, 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 it you know, you, you put Joe Cronin, you, you now have a rat trapped in the corner. And he's like, I'm going to eat my way out here any way I can without it being Miami. And Milwaukee was willing to take the gamble on Lillard. And of course, and you know what? It's not even a gamble because of course Lillard is going to go to Milwaukee. And of course he's going to be happy about going to Milwaukee. How bad would it look? They didn't just trade him to, like, they didn't trade him to Detroit. They didn't trade him to Indiana. They traded him to the team that had the best record in the league last year and arguably the best player in the league. If Damian Lillard is really all about winning, then he's going to be thrilled with being traded to Milwaukee. Be such a bad look if he wasn't. 
So, like, Milwaukee was willing to take the gamble on the player that only wants to play in Miami, except it wasn't really a gamble for them. It made no sense for Lillard not to be happy with the deal to Milwaukee, even if Miami was his first choice. It sucks. It's a spite trade. The deal was better in Miami. They could have completely appeased their, their, their legendary player, although I'm sure he's happy still. <coughs> the part that aggravates me the most is Joe Cronin is a rat and was unwilling to deal with Miami, even though they did nothing wrong, and instead made a spike deal. That part really aggravates me. Portland hated that Lillard tried to force his way to one team. And they said, yeah, we're going to do what's best for business. We're going to do what's best for us. We'll, we'll send you somewhere you'll be happy. It may not be the destination you're looking for, but you are under contract. See, that's the part of the, That's the part of this. If I could take an unbiased perspective here, that's the part of this that I like. Fuck this player empowerment bullshit. You're under contract. If you want to have control of where you play every single year, sign one-year deals. If you sign a multi-year deal and are guaranteed the money, you lose that power. You lose that leverage. I've said the whole time. If I'm a Blazer fan. I hate that he said, I'm only willing to go to Miami. And ultimately, because that screws the team. But ultimately, the Blazers decided, we're going to make a spike trade. We refuse to send them to Miami. We will take the best deal we can get anywhere else. Like, so, did the agent, what's his name, Aaron Goodwin? Did the agent being so vocal about only Miami when this first started happening in July, did that screw the deal? Did that backfire? Did it make Joe Cronin say, anyone but Miami, best deal not Miami? Maybe. Maybe. That feels like it was a... But now, I can't say it was a major misstep because he ends up going to Milwaukee and he's going to compete for a championship. But as far as how it worked out for the Heat, as far as Lillard wanting Miami and only Miami... Was that was a ma- was that a major misstep by the agent? It would appear so, maybe so. But blaming Riley is ridiculous, and you are an ingrate if you are upset with him. Lillard's definitely good with the trade. Like I said, if you're all about winning, and they sent you to Milwaukee, even in a spike trade, it's ridiculous if you're not happy. You have to be happy about it. It'd be such a bad look for Lillard. And Lillard's too professional. And he's too good of a dude to not understand that. He knows this is a great deal. He's got to be super happy. He's going to play with Giannis. I mean, Milwaukee, it's not like Portland is some first prize to live in. No offense, everybody in Portland. But okay, so now he's going to go to Milwaukee. I was so aggravated when I got the news yesterday. You know what? I was so aggravated that even when I went to bed at night and I, and I laid down on my sheets and giggles sheets, I mean, they were so comfortable, but it didn't make up for it. I mean, maybe it helps a little bit. I certainly slept great. If you don't love your bed sheets, or matter of fact, forget if you don't love your bed sheets. If you've never tried sheets and giggles, get to sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zaslow, Z-A-S-L-O-W. Get 20% off your first order. Sheets and Giggles, sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zaslow. We're talking naturally softer, 
cooler, the most breathable sheets you've ever slept on in your life. That's right. You're going to become, just like the Zaslow family, you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. Get the best sleep of your life with Sheets and Giggles' irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets. A unique satin weave. Their sheets are not only soft, but also breathable. You could sleep cool and comfortable all night long. Matter of fact, going on right now is Sheets and Giggles' annual fall sale, 25% off. But make sure you use my promo code ZASLOW, Z-A-S-L-O-W. Use promo code ZASLOW at checkout, 20% off your first order. SheetsGiggles.com. You'll never get bed sheets, bed sheets anywhere else. SheetsGiggles.com. All right. We're going to get to Israel coming up in a few minutes here. Inter-Miami lost last night. He was at the Inter-Miami game, I believe. Inter-Miami lost last night 2-1 to Houston. They were down 2-0 most of the game. They gave up a penalty, which put them down 2-0 in the fir- late in the first half. Messi did not play. Messi still, I guess, suffering from fatigue. Jordi Alba did not play. Tell you, Sergio Busquets plays every game. And he never missed a minute. Dude is a warrior. But no Messi. They, uh, Josef Martinez scored in stoppage time after, in like the 92nd, 93rd minute to make it 2-1. It kind of feels like, and I don't know, I mean like, are we going to see Messi again this year? Is this fatigue a real thing? Like, it kind of feels a little bit like, like the run has come to an end. They still have a shot at the playoffs. It's going to take a lot. They still have a shot because not only do they have to catch the number nine team, there's a handful of teams still in between them. So they still have a shot at the playoffs, but, and, and, and look, they had a chance to win another trophy. They came up short. Overall, the whole thing is a huge success this year. They were such a bad team. They're now playing meaningful games and they won a championship with the league's cup and they ended up getting to the final. All the games except one were, were with, without Messi. Messi played in the semifinal for U.S. Open Cup. And then, of course, missed last night in the final. But it kind of feels like the run might be coming to an end. The Marlins, though, the Marlins lose the first game yesterday 11-2 at the Mets. Terrible. Arizona already won earlier in the day. So now you're in a spot where Arizona looks to be pulling away for that second wildcard spot. But we're keeping an eye on the Cubs, right? So the Cubs last night... During the second game of the doubleheader for the Marlins, the Marlins are now a game back of number three Chicago going into the late game last night. The Cubs are up 3-1 on the Braves. The Marlins are in a dogfight late. The Marlins wind up getting a come-from-behind win. Terrific job getting the win 4-2 at the Mets. Big hits. Jesus Sanchez had a home late in that game. You get an extra hit, an add-on run. They wind up winning 4-2. Excellent job by the Marlins. So now we're keeping an eye, though, on what's going on with the Cubs. Cubs blow the 3-1 lead. They, 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 they end up tying the game in the ninth. Is that how it went down? They, what, did they, let me see here. Braves come back after the Cubs blew a 3-1 lead. Here we go. The Braves would tie it in the eighth. Cubs take the lead in the top of the ninth. Braves tie it in the bottom of the ninth. The home run from Marcel Ozuna. Ozuna of the Braves. In the 10th, the Cubs score in the top of the inning. In the bottom of the 10th, the Cubs score the, you know, the ghost runner on second base. Acuna steals second base. We'll get to that coming up. His 70th stolen base of the season. First ever 40-70 guy. 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. Ozzie Albies base hit. Acuna comes in to score the game-winning run. 
Braves for the second day in a row to the Marlins. A huge solid. The Cubs choke for the second night in a row because they were up 6-0 the night before that. And so going into today, the Marlins and Cubs are tied for the final wildcard spot. The Marlins on the tiebreaker. So right now, it's essentially like the Marlins are a game up. The Marlins have the third spot right now as far as the wild card goes. Marlins tonight, 7-10 at the Mets, trying to win this series before the final three games at Pittsburgh. Jesus Lazardo on the hill tonight for the Marlins. You like that? The Cubs, 7-20 tonight. You got Stroman on the hill, Marcus Stroman for the Cubs. So both games going on at the same time. The Marlins can go up a game on the Cubs if things break right for them this evening. So I was way into both those games yesterday, way into it again here tonight. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba right now. Your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, fresco e Moss. You know that's how I enjoy Thursday night football tonight, sitting on the couch in the Zaslow Mansion family room in my underwear holding a Johnny Cuba. European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Make sure you always drink responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Our pal is ESPN's Israel Gutierrez, who was on the, the Inter-Miami beat last night at Drive Pink Stadium last night. It kind of feel. does it feel to you like the run is kind of over? Like, are we going to see Messi again this year? I don't know. Like, it's been good. It's been great. It's been so much fun. But I, I felt like it, it, it kind of felt like maybe it's coming to an end for now. No, I, I felt like there was a little bit of letting go of the rope from the Inter-Miami guys um, because I think that was always going to be there if they fell behind early in this game because it's okay. Yeah, I know this game means a lot. We definitely want to raise this trophy, but we don't have Leo. We don't have Jordy. Um, things are probably not going to – things have to go perfectly mm-hmm. for us to win this game essentially and didn't. And so, you know – Second, first half, kind of let go of the rope a little bit. Second half, press, 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 get a goal in, whatever. Not the end of the world. Like, they didn't look devastated afterward. Um, I still think that they think if Leo needs a couple of games, okay, they can beat New York City. You know, they've beaten, I mean, the hell, they got that point against Orlando, which is a great mm-hmm. uh, result when you don't have Leo or Jordy. And so I think the playoff run is still real. And if you look at the schedule, I think Cincinnati's the only game where they probably feel like they need him to win. And so, you know, it might be where he wasn't ready yet, but that it's not necessarily a long-term thing. I've heard some rumblings that it might be a couple weeks, and if it's a few weeks and that's the season, but it might not be. It might not be. It might, could be inaccurate. So, right. uh, yeah, I think there's still reason to be hopeful. Um, it does feel like there was a lot, a lot of messy fans, not Miami fans, messy fans who were just bummed out last yeah. night. Yeah, it sucks. Um, all right, so you get the news yesterday afternoon. Damian Lillard comes out. Then I handed t- it to Woj. Yes. And then he did it. He took it from there. Yes. <laughs> at, at, at around 2.30 p.m., you, you get you get the news like everybody else that Damian Lillard is going to Milwaukee. Yeah. And your initial thought was what? My initial thought was, okay, let's see what the, um, the agent response is and see if he's going to demand a trade out of Milwaukee like he said he would. Um, and then once it was, Hey, Miami tried, thanks for your efforts. I realized, okay, they're not going to get that trade demand. Um, which just made me wonder, okay, 
was it Miami being, you know, egotistical when it came to their offer? Or was it Portland just not wanting to give in to Damian Lillard's demand? And when you look at the reporting that's been done that you trust, and that's ESPN, that's Shams, that's everybody so far, it seems like Miami had a decent package that included Tyler Heroes and that Portland wanted as a starting point, according to Shams, Jimmy or Bam. Well, we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, and whether you think, I mean, I had somebody ask me earlier today if they should have given up Bam for Dame. And I'm just like, no, like that's not, that's not the possibility here. They're not a desperate team for a star. They're a desperate team for a finishing piece. And it happens to be that Damian Lillard was a team, was a player that was on the go and they went, made a run for him. But you're not going to give up Jimmy or Bam for this. You just got to the finals with them. Okay. And a bunch of players that you, I mean, this is an insult to them, but created out of thin air by NBA standards. And so, no, you're not going to give up the farm for Damian Lillard and that contract that's just going to get worse and worse. And so my thought on this is if you're Portland, why? Like, why was this the guy that you decided to take a stand on with player empowerment? Because I know there's been others like Kawhi. Okay. I would take a quick pause there and say that had more to do with the injury situation. And if you're the Spurs, you have a lot of latitude there. You have a lot of 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 slack to get away with. Hey, we we treat our players great. Go ask Tim Duncan. Go ask Manu Ginobili. Go ask Tony. So if you are the one example of somebody that hey, we didn't do what you wanted to do, all right, the Spurs get a little better for the doubt there. Portland, why? Like, did are they digging their feet and saying, hey, we are going to to stand up for the rest of the league against player empowerment. And, 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 you know, there's front offices everywhere that are giving them a round of applause. You know, the NBA is like privately, woof, that's really good because maybe some of these other guys won't demand trade because they'll ship them to Milwaukee. Um, even though on, uh, and, and so if you look at Portland, they're just like, Hey, we did everything he wanted. We did everything you could ask for a player who's leaving. We gave him, sent him to a championship caliber team with, I mean, let's be honest, a player that everybody thinks is better than Jimmy Butler and Giannis at the Kupo. So there is no real argument against you treating Dame like trash. No, you just didn't send him to the one place he wanted to go. And so it, you could make an argument on all sides of this. To me, it's just strange that that's the route they went when you look at the deals and you're just like, eh? Like, I, I don't know what they think of DeAndre Ayton, but I, I don't think he is a multiple-time all-star. Okay. Um, and you could say the same thing about Tyler Hero if you really wanted to. Um, but they were pretty much as close as the other one was to making an all-star game over the last couple of years. So it really just matters a matter of, okay, were you taking a stand against Damian Lillard, your own guy? And if that's what happened, then that's just a terrible look for them. Is it going to cost them free agents in the future? Yeah, probably. But did they get a bunch of free agents anyway? No. So, so, I, so, I, I so, don't know what the result is. So, do you think they went with what they believe is the best deal, or do they go with what, or do they go with not Miami? I mean, it depends on if you give them truth serum. I think they probably went with not Miami, but I also think maybe they just have bad basketball opinions. Uh, like the idea that DeAndre Ayton is the better piece. Okay, you can make that. No, but you you, were, you you still get like Aiton's still there if it's Miami instead of Milwaukee. Like like that part True. of the deal is not affected. You're still getting Aiton. 
That's true. Uh, it felt like more of a non-Miami thing. Now, how desperate are people to get Drew Holiday here? We're, we're about to find out, but you're also putting yourself in a terrible negotiation uh, stance there because everybody knows you're trying to flip him yeah. and that you keeping him as a failure in your Damian Lillard trade because you're doing nothing with him at age 33. And so um, it doesn't really put them in a position where they're going to get this windfall that Miami wasn't offering. Now, again, I think there's different reports on what Miami offered, but if they offered, you know, essentially the picks that they can offer and swaps, then it's probably going to be even better than what you're going to get for Drew Holiday. Cause like the championship desperate teams, Boston can get in there, but uh, unless they're giving you all their assets, like, um, you know, Malcolm Brogdon isn't really a piece that makes you excited. So uh, it just, it's sort of an incomplete assessment from Portland's side. If they end up getting all those assets for a Drew Holiday, and it looks like top to bottom, at least an even trade. Okay, great. Then they did uh, what they think is probably best for their organization. But currently, it appears that there was at least a decent amount of not Miami just because that would have made them look weak in this exchange. So if that's the case, there's no real reason to believe that the Heat are going to be able to get in on Drew Holiday now, right? Well, I've heard that. One of the first calls that Portland did make was to Miami and say, hey, what do you want for Drew? Whether or not they actually answered the phone or or they got the right person on the phone uh, is a totally different question. Um, I tend to believe that if, you know, all things being equal, if there are no hurt feelings involved, uh, Miami would be intrigued by the addition of Drew Holiday. But again, they're not going to give up a whole lot for it. Like if you want those draft picks, yeah, maybe. But if you want those draft picks and now you're asking for Caleb Martin on top of it, no, probably not. No, probably not. Um, and, and it is the Heat do need or would look like they need a starting point guard because right now Tyler Hero is that person. You can't go backward on, on Kyle Lowry and now make him a starter again. So they are desperate for a starting point guard. So that could be a marriage. Uh, but that's two. Well, one bruised ego and one sort of lording, uh, you know, overpowerful, overly powerful guy right now in, in Joe Cronin who is probably not going to create a good, you know, a good trade partner right now. But if they do do that, I, it would make it laughable, all this talk about how, you know, there was a standoff and they don't like each other yet. If they ended up just, hey, it's business, and now we're going to make another business deal, it's just like everybody can kind of just shut up for a little bit. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Sorry to break up the conversation here, guys, but I want to make sure that you got the best homeowner's insurance out there. And that's why I direct you to Brunt Insurance. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance for about 10 years now. And I keep going back, I keep going back, I keep renewing because I know I have the most comprehensive coverage out there and I'm getting it at the most affordable rate there is. You know, some of you guys, you're listening now on the west coast of Florida. God forbid you got some damage to your home because of the storm yesterday. Brunt Insurance, 954 589 2204 or you go to bruntinsurance.com and yes anywhere in florida brunt insurance has you covered they have locations all throughout the state so you could be calling from pensacola or all the way down to the keys and beyond greg brunt and his team at brunt insurance 
his fully licensed staff, they have the expertise, they have the experience, they know what area you're calling from. So they're going to know exactly what type of coverage you need, what kind of policies you have to make sure you have. Hey, that also includes trailers and motorhomes. Let the team at Brunt Insurance help you learn more about your policy options so you're making an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. And you don't even have to own your home. Renter's insurance, condo insurance, all the options out there. It could make your head spin. Brunt Insurance specializes in making the confusing crystal clear. When you call 954-589-2204, you're making the right call. Bruntinsurance.com, the only insurance agency that I'm going to send you to. Do you think the result of of Portland not wanting to deal with Miami, like what would the end result here have been different if the agent wasn't so loud in the very beginning about only Miami? No, no. Um, I think the end results would have been different if they would have been louder, frankly. Um, if the reports are true that Toronto pulled away because Damien said Miami only, then my guess is Milwaukee probably had more of an assurance that he wouldn't bail. And if you're like in the history of this league, like if you're looking at the situation of course, you're going to be like Toronto. They're not ready. They're not ready with champs. It's probably in the same deal. As yeah, just Portland. stay, just stay in Portland if you're going to go to Toronto. Yeah. Milwaukee, eh. and you know, if they, if Damian and his agent maybe shook a little bit or cowered a little bit in the standoff and said, "Fine, maybe Milwaukee, as long as you don't, you know, strip them bare," then yeah, I think he probably uh, gave a, a decent nod over there. And it's you know, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not just, hey, we're, we're going to screw you over. The Heat fans, uh, plenty of Heat fans are upset. Could the Heat have done anything to make this deal happen? I mean, short of giving up Bam, uh, doesn't feel like it. They had reportedly a third team in the in the deal, fourth team in the deal, and um, could get Portland more of what they wanted. I, I think if they didn't do everything possible, I don't think uh, Goodwin would have put out that tweet saying Miami did everything that they could. Uh, it just it just wasn't going to happen. And, you know, you look at um, I look at Miami and I say it drives me nuts where people not just outside of Miami, it's inside of Miami. The people that drive me nuts where it's just like complaining about the failures and it's just ingrates while you've been while they've been whiffing on all these big names they've only been playing till june like it's only been one season where they didn't do that uh you know one season into october but um, they're like, they're like the, the winningest they're like the winningest team over the last nine years or something it's, like that it's you crazy know? <laughs> and and not just in the eastern conference but in this area in this market like have some perspective like any of you and i are old enough to remember where it's just like years of even when Dwayne was here it's a couple of years of first round exits and no playoffs and it's like man that sucks got a great player can't win anything um and then here you are without the big name players you just want to complain about bam and not recognize that you're in the nba finals i think it's it's ridiculous and so um i look at it as it sets up for this, you know, the Miami Heat inner circle so small, right? Us against the world. That thing's going to get even tighter and angrier. And it's just going to be like, you, you didn't believe in us again. And so whether or not that actually works, you look at, you want to look at the roster and say, hey, it's not as good. You lost starters and Gabe and Max. Okay. I don't think the roster is completely done now, right? If you, if you didn't get Dave, you're probably going to move on and try to find another piece. Um, Kolyovich looks really good. 
you know, um, I don't know what you have in hockey as junior, but I, I, I think you've got a rotation of players that just got you to the NBA finals and maybe a healthy and better Tyler hero and a different uh, type of dude in Jovic who can, can do a lot of things out there. If not, if nothing else, just be another spot up guy for you. You got Duncan Robinson in GTFOH mode, who's just gonna do, you know, whatever, like take every shot and probably shoot 40% from it's gonna be a good team if they're healthy. So, like the idea that you don't recognize that is just it's frustrating. Do the Heat have to have a conversation with Tyler Hero? Because, you know, I like I hate I, I I'm listening to starting lineup on NBA radio this morning with Isola and Scalabrini, which I listen every morning and you get one guy yeah. who calls up, you know, and it's like, if the heat think Tyler hero is so good, why, why are they, why do they try to trade him every year? They've tried to, they've, they haven't tried to trade him. They have included him in two offers, one for Lillard, the other for Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like when Lamar Odom was upset that the heat traded him, Lamar, they traded you for Shaq, you know? So, like, do, do, do the Heat have to mend any fences here with Tyler Hero? Um, the way I look at it is you're being offered for two all-NBA first-team caliber players. Hall of Famers. Two, yeah, Hall of Famers, you know, probably double-digit all-star games maybe by the time they retire, maybe. Um, probably not for Damien, actually, never mind. Um, and it tells you what this team, what Miami Heat thinks of you, if you are the primary piece in those trade-offs. That's true. That's a good point. Um, what they say, you know, about you, I don't think is all lip service. I do believe they see him. They see the hard work. Like, that's the one thing that being a, a Miami Heat player, like, you're not going to, they're not going to sugarcoat it if you don't work your ass off. And this dude works his ass off. And, and you know, just happened to be unfortunate. Like a broken hand is the most unfortunate kind of injury you can think of that late in this. It's not a wear and tear injury. It's and dude it who landed on, on me while I was hustling. Play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you can't really combine his last two postseasons and say, oh, injury prone in the, po in the postseason because this was a freak injury. Uh, and so, yeah, I think they probably have to mend a little bit of fences. But the first thing I say is, is, look, you're not the best player that this has happened to where your name's been out there and you have to mend fences. Hell, I mean, Ray Allen was already an established Hall of Famer with and won a championship with Boston when his name was out there constantly and was not getting traded. And he had to go back and be like, did Danny Ainge, what the hell's going on? And so, um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of, of ego to be massaged, but if you're Tyler Hero, there is only one way to recover from this, regardless of what the result would have been, whether he'd been traded to Portland, San Antonio, stayed here. The only way he looks good in this is if he has a great season. And in Miami, he knows his role. He knows he can hit the ground running, take advantage of whatever he got better at, and you know probably be a borderline all-star this year. Uh, and I think when he looks at it that way, where he doesn't have to change everything about what he's doing, living, training, um, and 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 game planning, and not adjust to any of that, and have the people in your organization think you are that person as opposed to going to a place where they think you're a role player, et cetera, then you are in the best position to show out and prove that you're good. So if you're Miami, you tell them that flatly. It's like this isn't about emotions. It's about where you're best suited. And look, you ended up where you're best suited. I feel like you've taken a very positive approach from the Heat perspective here. Well, I mean, I'm not. Look, it's just like I, we've been through this. Like the idea 
that I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Juwan Howard was here and then he wasn't, you know? So it's like, it happens. And I'd rather be, again, I'm a journalist, but I'd rather be the fan of a team that actually has a chance with these players that like for all the, you know, the Boston hullabaloo and that franchise, like, yeah, they don't trade for who do they trade? They trade for finishing pieces. Right. And so um, the big trade was, was Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and, and they did that. But like Miami is in that mix all the time. People want to come down here and it's not, like it wasn't an anti Pat Riley thing. It wasn't an anti Miami Heat thing. It just happened to be. It was like, hey, this is where this guy wants to go. We're not following that game. We're not falling for that game, and we're gonna move him where we want. And like the reason everybody thought it was going to Miami is because that's the way this thing always works, all ninety five percent of the time. And so why wouldn't it work with with Damian Lillard when he gave you the extra years and was on Portland, da da da. And so it was a shock to everybody. It's not so. It, but again, if you're Miami, it's not the end of the world. Damian, like, did you watch the NBA finals last year and say, damn, Miami, he could really use a small scoring guard. No, you said they need some size to match up with Jokic a little bit. Maybe, um, you know, some shooters that are hitting and the, you don't have to roll the dice on every playoff series, but you didn't need somebody else to, that wasn't a great defender that was going to take, you know, shoot 45% of his shot, hit 45% of his shots from, from distance. It's like, all right, if you get Damian Lillard to add to that, amazing. But you're not going to just say that's that's what we need, so let's give up something legitimate for it or think it's like a failure if you don't get him because I mean the last time they went and got the point guard as as the main piece. Like I don't even consider Goran. Goran was like an addition, right? He was like a finishing piece if you will. Like it was Tim Hardaway. And that was 1995 and like yeah, they got some things done with it, but this league's going away from small guys, especially like $50 million small guys. So I don't, I don't, I'm not hurt. I'm not stunned. Like it is what it is. Good job, Israel. Tell everyone how they can uh, see and hear you in the next uh, little while. What do you got going on? Uh, Let's see. I'm on Around the Horn today and uh, TBD from there. Okay. You're wide open. You're available. Well, I just, I got a, a a week where I'm gone most of the week next week. So it's probably going to be the week after that. So, you know, I got, I got some th- stuff going on where you probably won't see me for a few days. All right. Good job, Israel. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, Zaz. Good job by Israel Gutierrez. The heat, he did take a, it seemed like a pretty, po- I don't know. I feel a little bit better. I do. I feel a little bit better after talking to Israel. He took a very positive outlook, I thought. And now I'm looking forward to watching the young guy. You know what? I'm looking forward to watching the young guys. I'm looking forward to watching Tyler Hero out there, who's going to be awesome. And you know what I'm really looking forward to? Not having to think about this shit anymore. I mean, it's taken over our lives for the last couple of months. I'm tired of it. We're moving on. All right. It's Thursday. You guys know what that means. Let's get to some Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag questions. That's right. Every Thursday, I send out a little reminder. You guys send in some mailbag questions. I love it. Let's get things going here. First question here. This is from Saul. He asks, does Lillard trade condemn the Heat to the play-in? He's got two questions. That's the first one. Well, look, the easy answer is, no, of course not. They were just in the finals. But then you remember, yeah, you know what? The Heat were in the play-in last year, all right? So it's just about getting to the playoffs, and then maybe they could make a run. But that's not what Saul is saying here. He's asking, does this mean that they're a play-in team? Well, even though they were a playing team last year, I'm going to go, no, they're going to be in the top six. 
And I think this team has a chance, especially regular season-wise, to be better than they were last year. I think Tyler Hero is going to continue to be better. Like Israel said there, I think Duncan Robinson gives you something this year. And also, like you said, Nikola Jovic. I mean, is he going to be a guy who's going to contribute for them? So I don't think that they're a playing team. Saul also asked, secondly, an AFC East team wins the Super Bowl, but you don't know which one. Do you take the deal? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, so you're telling me an AFC East team wins a Super Bowl. You're not telling me if it's the Dolphins or not. If I take it, then I'm saying, okay, am I going to be able to stomach, you know, let's say the Bills. I mean, Patriots or Jets, whatever. But can, can I stomach it being the Bills, uh, one of our biggest rivals that win the Super Bowl? And the answer is yes, I would take it. Because essentially it's a 50% chance. It's either Dolphins or or Bills. Jets and Patriots aren't going anywhere. So yes, all I would take that. Mike in West Palm Beach. With the Heat not getting Lillard, does this make you focus more on the Panthers and Dolphins this season or no impact on it all? No. No impact on it all. Heat always mean the most to me. I'm still super excited about the Heat. The Heat were in the NBA Finals last year. But also, I'm super happy with what's going on with the Dolphins right now and you know I'm very pumped about the Panthers. I love the Panthers so much. They lost last night, by the way. They're now 2-1 and one in the preseason. This next question is from JT. Who was your OnlyFans follow? Was it Bella Thorne? And he also tags Amber Wilson. He's tagging Amber Wilson on there, not because I'm following her on OnlyFans. That's ridiculous. But she knows it was a thing on our show where I had an OnlyFans. Well, I followed an OnlyFans account. I never told her, and I'm not telling you either, JT. So don't even bother asking Amber. Everyone likes what they like. Jesse asks, is not getting Lillard going to turn out better for the Heat in the long run? We have a very deep team right now, and that youth is important now and for the future. Also, I still think the Heat can make the finals and have a chance at the team they have now. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're going to be better than they were last year. And they're adding Hero. So, yeah, I think they could absolutely get back to the finals. Is not getting Lillard going to turn out better for the Heat in the long run? That I don't think so. All right? I think if you got Lillard, it was going to be crazy fun and it would feel like you're a lock to get to the finals. So I don't think they're going to be... I, I think they can get back to the finals without him. But I, I don't think it's going to turn out better because they didn't get him. This question here is from Vinny. Will the Heat add or improve onto the roster? I think the Heat are going into camp with this team. I, I think... Now, is that, is that a little bit of hubris on their part? I think a little bit... I think there is a little bit of hubris on their part. But it has to do with... Yeah, they they always believe they have enough. And and that's where I think some sometimes you can get killed by your own hubris. They always believe they have enough. They're going to go into camp with this roster, I believe. And they're going to be ready to get to work and get back to the finals. Next question here is from Chris. After all that Riles has done, shouldn't he get the benefit of the doubt? Yes. Especially in this scenario. If you want to get upset that they didn't go after Bradley Beal, you know, strong enough that he ended up going to Phoenix, that's fine. But in this situation, there was nothing that he could do. If Portland and Joe Cronin wants to be a rat and refuses to deal with the Heat, what are they supposed to do? Anyone who was upset at the Heat, anyone who was upset at Pat Riley, you're an ingrate. Let me, let me say that in no unequivocal terms. And finally here, this question is from Alex. Why don't you say more on sandwiches anymore? I used to love that. That is a great question. Look, I used to love throwing out more on sandwiches too. The main thing that I would throw more on sandwiches with was when we would take calls on Zaslow show. That was when I was on my own in the evenings. And if someone was a stupid caller, I'd say you're eating a moron sandwich, all right? And then eventually, you know, I, I, I get co-hosts 
doing with with Joy. I'm doing with Amber, Romberg, of course. And then it's like, all right, you, you know, sometimes you got to... First of all, we weren't taking calls anymore for the most part at that point. And look, I, I had all kinds of catchphrases, sayings that I used to use back then that I don't do now. I have sayings that I have now that I didn't have then. I love to give it out more on sandwiches also. I appreciate you reminding me, but we evolve, all right? You come up with new sayings. That's the best way that I could put it. And that right there is a Thursday edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. Let's get to some fantasy football. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Huba. European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. You enjoy Thursday Night Football tonight. You can pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco Imas. Remember, always drink responsibly. And, of course, Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. Our pal here is Jamie Eisenberg. CBS Sports Fantasy Football, we have week four underway tonight. Detroit, Green Bay. Before we get to that, Jamie, give me some thoughts here. 70 points from the Dolphins last week. What did you make of them not going for the record in the end? You know, I, I thought Tua said it best. You know, what, what more did they have to gain? You know, so you never really want to embarrass another team, another coach. Not that they weren't doing that already, but uh, it was just an unbelievable performance. You know, I, I think the cool thing, you'll appreciate this. I tweeted this yesterday. Uh, the two running backs, Devon A. Chain and Raheem Mostert, combined for 96.5 points, power 96. You know, so, hey, a little little, little represent the local uh, radio station. Um, but in any event, um, unbelievable to see those two guys do what they did. And and Tua just continues to, you know, show that through the first three weeks of the season, he's the MVP. And now we get the tough test. You know, can they go into Buffalo and continue to play at this level? It's very difficult, though, to think a team is going to completely shut them out and slow them down. So uh, 70 points, never going to happen again, most likely. Uh, certainly not going to happen this week, but unbelievable so far for what the Dolphins have accomplished. All right, so we'll get to the Dolphins in a second. Dolphins and Bills monster game this Sunday. But first, let's look at tonight. Packers, Lions, let's get people some help on who they should start, who they should sit. What do we like tonight? I think you look at both these offenses and both have a chance to be successful. I, I don't really love Jared Goff when he's away from home because his numbers since he's been a member of the Lions have been much better in Detroit than they've been away from Detroit. Uh, but he's still in the low-end conversation as a starter. Jordan Love's been fantastic through the first three weeks of the season. He was so impressive in the second half last week against the Saints. That's a great defense. And he's been a top-five fantasy quarterback without arguably his number one receiver. Christian Watson hasn't played yet. He's going to play tonight. Uh, Aaron Jones has missed two of the three games. He's going to play tonight. Still got some offensive line concerns, but what he's been able to accomplish, I think you can buy into him as a number one quarterback. So I like him as a starter uh, for week four. Aaron Jones, you got to be a little bit cautious because they say he's going to be on a snap count, but you're still starting him. And then Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed, you got to be a little bit concerned just because Watson not going to be a full go from what the reports are. So I think at best you look at Watson and Dobbs as number three receivers. I do like Luke Musgrave as a sleeper because the Lions – Despite the fact that they didn't get to face Kelsey in week one, they've given up the most catches and yards to the position. So hopefully Musgrave builds off a strong game last week. And then for the Lions, you're getting David Montgomery back. So I think he's a number two running back. Tamir Gibbs, a number two running back. And then really the safest play across the board is probably Amon Ross St. Brown has been fantastic. Let's look right ahead. To oh, the Sam, La Sam, Sam Laporta too. Sam Laporta is a good start. Okay. All right. Let's look right ahead to the Dolphins. Dolphins and Bills. First though, before, before we get to the fantasy perspective, I, I asked this yesterday in a poll question. Do you believe that one team needs this game more than the other right now, Dolphins or Bills? 
I don't think so. You know, and I go back to a conversation we had at the beginning of the season. You, know, you asked me who was going to win the division, and 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 I think I told you I, I only thought one team was going to get out. The way that it's starting to shape up, I would not be surprised that both the Dolphins and the Bills make the playoffs at this point because of how the schedule is unfolding and some of the other things that are happening. Biggest thing clearly being Aaron Rodgers and, and his injury. So the Jets not a, a, a tough competitor as we thought going into the season. So my guess is if you just want to take a you know broad picture of the season, they probably go home and home, you know, give the Bills an edge because they're their favorites in their building. Maybe Dolphins, you know, are, are favored at that point as long as everybody's healthy when Buffalo comes to Miami. So I don't think it's necessarily a make or break game for who's going to win the division. We already saw Buffalo get surprised a little bit, if you want to say, you know, with the loss in week one. Uh, Dolphins have already gotten two of their road games out of the way and, and winning both of those to start the season. So it's a big game by far, you know, probably bigger implications for maybe who could be the one seed. If in fact, you know, the AFC East winner does get the one seed, but I don't think either team losing this game tonight is going to hurt their playoff implications. All right. So let's, let's do a, a fantasy perspective, Dolphins and Bills, but start out by telling me what do we do with the running back situation? I mean, Mostert, I, I guess you, you have to continue starting if you have Mostert, but what do we do about a Chan now moving forward? Well, I think you start both of them. You know, one in, in Mostert is, is a must-start guy for sure because prior to last week, he still had been very good. You know, three touchdowns in the first two games, had the 100-yard game uh, against New England. And I think that's going to be sort of how teams are going to approach playing the Dolphins. You know, you don't want to give up the big plays, so you're going to probably play extra defensive backs on the field. And the nice thing about it last week, which will be the biggest thing to see this week, is last week no Jalen Waddle, and you saw both Mostert and HN big participants in the passing game. So will that continue? You know, will, will Mike McDaniel continue to evolve the backs, catching the ball of the backfield? We saw that last year in a game against Buffalo. Or no, I'm sorry, it was against New England, where Mostert had, I think it was eight catches uh, late in the season. So he certainly has the ability to do so. So Mostert's a must-star guy. I think A-Chan, depending on who you're comparing him to, and I'll give you a big-name guy that I would start him over just because he's got a tough matchup, Joe Mixon. I think A-Chan, you start him over Mixon this week because Mixon facing the Titans is brutal. Uh, so a number two running back for him. Remember, we're, we're still in a really bad spot with running backs for fantasy. you got to start two, a flex. Uh, so what he showed you last week is is worth keeping him in your lineup. So both guys worth starting, but Mostert's the must-start guy. And what about Buffalo side? So for the Bills, there's really two must-start guys, or three must-start guys when you factor in Josh Allen. But I think James Cook has put himself in that conversation. You know, over 100 total yards each of the last two weeks. It's frustrating because he's losing goal line chances to Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, but he's been so involved that at some point the touchdowns will come. He's probably not going to be a double-digit touchdown guy, but he certainly has a chance to get five or six. And I think with the way he's catching the ball and running the ball, he's worth using as a, a starter in PPR for sure. Stephon Diggs is a starter across the board. You're dealing with right now the Gabe Davis experience. So bad week one, great week two, long touchdown in week three, but only one catch. So you, you know what you're getting. He's a number three boomer bust type receiver. The surprising guy for me could be Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end. Uh, we've seen the Dolphins in two of the three games give up touchdowns to the position. Now, that would probably speak more to Dawson Knox catching a touchdown as opposed to Kincaid. But I think Kincaid's role is going to continue to grow. And this is one of these games where based on the point total, based on the defense, I think Kincaid could be a surprise fantasy option this week. All right, let me hear your uh, let me hear your top five starts at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. So quarterback, it's the usual suspects. You got Mahomes, Allen, Jalen Hurts. Uh, four for this week is going to be Justin Herbert, even though he loses uh, Mike Williams. Just a great matchup against the Raiders, and he's just playing out of this world right now. So I think the guys replacing Williams will help step up. And then I have Kirk Cousins slightly ahead of Tua. Uh, I think just given the way Cousins has performed, facing the Panthers, must-win game for them. Um, he's going to get the job done. So those are the top five quarterbacks. At running back, no surprise, Raheem Mostert's in the top five. But number one is Christian McCaffrey. Two is Bijan Robinson. Three is Tony Pollard. I think I have Mostert at four. 
And five, I believe, is Josh Jacobs for this week. I think he's going to break out of his slump and have a big game against that Chargers defense. The wide receivers, again, a lot of the usual suspects. Jamar Chase, after last week's game, back in the top five. But it's uh, Justin Jefferson. Keenan Allen's in the top five now. Stephon Diggs is in the top five. And Tyreek Hill is in the top five. So I think I gave, gave you five there. Um, there And then tight end's always a gamble. But a uh, bad matchup coming up for Mark Andrews. Still a top five guy. Hawkins is in the top five. And then I mentioned his name before, but Sam Laporta is now in the top five for this week. Three straight games with five catches coming off a big game last week. I think you got to buy into it against the Packers defense on Thursday night that struggled against tight ends. Jamie, are there any players who you believe are, are outperforming who they really are that fantasy owners may want to look into trading? Well, Mostert would be one, you know, 31 years old, uh, again, just been fantastic, but can he, can he keep this up? And then what happens if it does come back, but Jeff Wilson, just putting another name or body back there, uh, he's worth looking to, to potentially trade. Um, the two Rams guys that have been, you know, superstars through at least the majority of the first three games, uh, Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua. Williams, I think is somewhat sustainable, but again, playing over his head from a production standpoint. So you can maybe try to explore trading him. Uh, Nakua, we just don't know what's going to happen when, when Cooper Cup comes back. So maybe you can still sell him high. Mike Williams at his age, you know, three touchdowns in three games. You know, at, at, can he keep it up with Baker Mayfield? I'd be looking to shop him if he potentially gets something great in return. Um, trying to think who else. Those are probably the, the, the biggest sell high candidates. And do we have any buy low candidates? Calvin Ridley was great in week one, miserable the last two weeks, but he's dropping touchdowns, you know, so the, 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 the balls have been, in, the ball's been in his hands. He just hasn't been producing, you know, in some key spots. And I think that will you know probably happen just because Trevor Lawrence is also going to start to play better. He's another buy low candidate. Uh, I mentioned Josh Jacobs, you know, we saw him come into the season late with the holdout, you know, there's probably still getting his legs underneath him. And I think there's certainly better days to come. Um, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, uh, Austin Eckler, any of these banged up running backs, you know, so you, you look at when you're in situations like this, if you're three and oh, two and one, you really like your fantasy team. You got some pieces that might be able to help somebody else try and package two guys for a superstar, especially an injured superstar for a team that's, you know, oh, and three or one and two, you know, people get desperate around this time of season, understandably so. So, you know, you might be, you might be able to poach somebody from somebody else's roster that somebody can't use for this week or maybe the next couple weeks. I'll get right back to the conversation here in a second, but if you're in the market for a new car, maybe you can't decide where to go, hey, that's not a problem. I'm sending you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. Yeah, we're talking North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to see the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for, maybe you're looking for something spacious, an SUV for the family. Maybe you're just looking for a Subaru sedan for your daily commute. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking the North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. That's guaranteed most money for your trade. Three-day exchange policy. You're out the door 90 minutes or less after you say yes. 100% credit approval. Lifetime vehicle warranty. You could shop right now. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Who are some of the guys we're keeping an eye on over the next couple of days as far as injury reports? Still got to monitor Joe Burrow, clearly with the calf. He didn't look right Monday night. That's a big one. Austin Eckler, can he return? They have a bye in week five, so will he play in week four? Uh, the fact that they got their win last week and playing the Raiders, that's something to keep an eye on. Jimmy Garoppolo in that same game's in the concussion protocol. Keep an eye on his status. 
Uh, Anthony Richardson looks like he's coming back this week, but keep an eye on that. He's in the concussion protocol as well. You got the two 49ers wide receivers banged up in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Hopefully both play. But if one is out, as we saw last week, Debo was a star. Kittle was a star. They miss one guy. You know, the other two tend to step up. So those are some big injuries. And then just make sure you check the the um, actives and inactive tonight. We had a big swing in reporting this morning from uh, Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network. He first came out and said that David Montgomery and Taylor Decker, their left tackle, are going to be out. He corrected himself and said he got misinformation that both guys are going to play. It <laughs> seems like that's the case, but you just want to make sure that the reporting there is accurate and that both those Lions guys are going to be in there. Jamie, what'd you make of what happened yesterday with Damian Lillard? Uh, it sucked. You know, it really sucked. Um, I, I was hoping my, my kids, you know, have become huge heat fans. Um, you know, they were, they were looking forward to seeing Damian Lillard there, uh, makes the bucks really pretty formidable, you know, just putting those two guys together for, for this season. But, you know, knowing Pat Riley and on this front office, you know, Drew Holiday seems like a guy that could be on the move. That wouldn't be a bad piece to go try and get if, uh, if the Blazers can certainly find a way to make a trade with the Heat. But it just sucks that this is how it unfolded because he said he wanted to come to Miami. They had the pieces in place that I think could have helped Portland. Look, they didn't make a bad trade, but uh, I wonder how, how Dame's going to react to, you know, going to a place where clearly he still has a chance to win, but not the place he wanted to be. Great job, Jamie, as always. Tell everybody how they can hear you leading up to tonight and then Sunday's games. CBS Sports HQ, our fantasy football today podcast. You can find whatever podcasts are available. You check us out on our YouTube page as well if you want to see our beautiful faces. And then you can always follow me on Twitter, and I'll give you all the starts and sits you need there. But always CBSSports.com for all the latest information. Great job, Jamie. Thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, bud. You're the best. Have a good one. Thanks to Jamie. We get Thursday Night Football, week four, getting going tonight. He joins us every Thursday. Hopefully he was able to help you out a little bit with setting your lineup for this weekend. And obviously you can follow him all throughout the next couple days leading up to Sunday, which, by the way, we, we have a London game, 9.30, Sunday morning. That's the Toy Story game, I believe, right? All right, very good. You guys know what time it is. Let's get to Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Big Deal or Not a Big Deal, today we start out with, so, Bernard Lee. Who is Bernard Lee? Well, he's Jimmy Butler's agent, and he sent out a tweet yesterday shortly after the trade. It was in response to someone who tweeted out, I just want Jimmy to be happy here in Miami for as long as possible. We haven't gotten him the help he's asked. That's where my head is at. And Bernard Lee, Jimmy's agent, he tweets out, he has more than enough, always has and always will. The only other place he plays would be PSG if they ever call me back on the offer to be a social media manager or a third-string goalkeeper. Yeah, I'm going big deal because you'll like that the agent immediately squashes any idea that Jimmy Butler is somehow upset at them not acquiring Damian Lillard. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. All right. So after the trade went down yesterday, Levitard Show, Amin El Hassan uh, from the Levitard Show, or as Stephen A. Smith calls him, uh, El Amin. And Amin El Hassan tweets, uh, not tweets, he joined the show, and here was his initial response to the trade. You can't tell me this is the best deal available for them, unless they have like a massive Drew Holiday. Uh, like 7,000 pick return happening on deck. But it's like, other than that, they they really didn't help themselves that much better. They got a guy in DeAndre Eaton that Phoenix couldn't wait to get rid of. Um, I, I thought everybody got better except the Blazers. I don't know what the Blazers are doing. I, like, you can tell me that Miami's package wasn't the best. You can't tell me that this package is better. Oh, and, and slash, oh, you can't tell me that Miami couldn't have figured out a way to help them get this level of crap if that's what they were looking for. All right, this is not a big deal because anyone who follows the NBA can see this. I mean, that is what it is. It it was a spike deal. It was, we don't care what Miami has to offer. We're taking 
anything but Miami. So it's not a big deal what Amin says there. Everybody knows that. Big deal or not a big deal. So last night, the Braves did the Marlins a huge solid. Second night in a row, come from behind victory against the Chicago Cubs. Well, in the 10th inning last night, the Braves would tie the game. They were down a run in the bottom of the 10th. They tie the game. Ronald Acuna Jr. steals second base. That was his 70th stolen base of the year. Made him the first ever 40-70 guy. 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. The game's in Atlanta. They stopped the game. All right. They stopped the game in the bottom of the 10th inning. The next at bat, Ozzie Albies, base hit, brought in Acuna Jr. for the game-winning run. But they've stopped the game here in the middle of the 10th after the game is now tied. And Chicago Cubs announcers, Jim Deshays and our, our guy, John Book Chambi, they were not happy that they were stopping the game to honor Ronald Cunha Jr.'s feet. Man, we're really stopping the game. Can we get the can we get the base after the game? To, I mean, this is this is pretty absurd. I mean, it, it's just a hell of an accomplishment. Totally, but you but can't stop the game in a highlight montage. All right, I'm going big deal. I'm with them. But it ended up working out for the Marlins, all right? Then very next at bat, I mean, uh, you know, are the, are the Cubs distracted at that point? Does it break up a rhythm? Very next at bat, game-winning base hit. Braves walk it off. Crushing loss second night in a row for the Cubs. Look, everyone's on edge. You're in the middle of a playoff race here, final few days of the season. We know the Marlins were pissed off with the Mets for not taking care of the grounds, and they had to play a doubleheader yesterday. So I, I'm glad it all worked out the way it did. But I'm going big deal. I agree with Booth. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. Our guy, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, on first take yesterday, like he is every Wednesday. And they do a segment, you know, what, what are you mad about? And he is over the Taylor Swift coverage. Oh my God, I can look at this. That mother didn't want her in there. She wants to enjoy her son. And who takes their girlfriend two minutes into a relationship? To visit mommy and daddy! <laughs> Nobody does that! That's me. I mean, I didn't even got to show him walking out. And now all of a sudden, she's a big Kansas City Chief fan. She's never heard of letting go of that. Wait, hold on. Oh my Time God. out. Time out. Maybe. I'm going not a big deal because I think there's an element to this where Dog is right. The coverage was so over the top. It was so much. And, and, and look, her, her, it's like she'd never been in a football game before. Her, her behavior and her reactions in a blowout game, it, it seemed like such a put-on. So I, I'm going not a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes! Excellent job. Thanks to everyone who helped put together another great show today. Can't do any of it without your hard work. Thanks to everybody who listens. Appreciate you. Love all of you guys. Love all of our sponsors. Today's show brought to you by Bet Online. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Zaslow Show 2.0. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, 
And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.